If you were born 150 years ago, which I highly doubt includes anybody listening to this podcast, you were expected to die before you reached the age of 40, or at least that was the average life expectancy. But thanks to things like substantially lower rates of infant mortality, better sanitation, and advancements in medical technology, someone born today, again, probably nobody listening to this podcast, I don't think we have too many newborn listeners, you're expected to live about 80 years. With longer lifespans and many elderly dying away in nursing homes, most people today just aren't faced with the reality of death all that often. Even among some Catholics, the last four things of death, judgment, heaven, and hell can be an uncomfortable topic. But to hide from this reality is arguably to neglect the most important moment of one's life, for it is the moment of our death which sets our eternity, either the beatific vision in heaven or punishments in the fiery abode of the damned. In ages past, when the reality of death was more prevalent, there was more of an emphasis on how one died. To this end, the anonymous medieval book, The Ars Moriendi, or The Art of Dying Well, was a very popular guide for dying well, in a state of grace, and led to other similar works, aiding the person to die in a way leading towards a heavenly reward. In this episode, I'll trek through the history of these works to die like a Catholic. God bless America. God love you. I want these to be my first words of greeting to you. They will be the concluding words on each broadcast. I am not the Catholic candidate for president. I am the Democratic Party's candidate for president. Annuncio office. God You've embarked on a Catholic history trek. And fear ye not them that kill the body and are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him that can destroy both soul and body in hell. This line comes from Jesus Christ as recorded in the Gospel of Matthew. From the beginning, devoted Catholics have taken this teaching to heart and have focused more on the life to come than the present life. It is this focus which produced many martyrs throughout the centuries, men and women who readily sacrificed earthly goods for God's rewards, to keep their eyes focused on the eternal and not become too distracted by the present world, many saints would routinely meditate on death, and some even kept skulls as a tangible reminder of the briefness of this life compared to the eternity of the hereafter. This led to the Catholic tradition of memento mori, remember death, covered way back in episode 30. This preoccupation, or awareness, of the reality of death and the shortness of this life was especially true in medieval Europe when infant mortality was high and plagues and famines were quite common. At the end of the 14th century, England and France were in the midst of their Hundred Years' War, and the Black Death had just wiped out one-third of Europe's population. As the saying goes, nothing is sure but death and taxes, and medieval Europe was confronted with a heavy dose of the surety of death. While death was part of the fabric of everyday life, it was not the only problem facing Christian Europe. The Council of Constance began in 1414 to bring an end to the Western Schism and condemn the errors of the proto-Protestant heretics Wycliffe and Hus. The council lasted four years, and by its close in 1818, 
it saw thousands of ecclesiastics come and go. Among these cardinals, bishops, abbots, and monks were hundreds of doctors of theology, including Jean Gerson. Gerson, the chancellor of the University of Paris, was a leading theologian at the council. An accomplished theologian, scholar, and reformer, Gerson had also authored a three-part essay, The Obsculum Tripartium, a few years before the start of the council. The third and final part, titled The Science of Dying Well, was widely distributed at the time of the council. It's often believed that Gerson's work became the source material for the anonymous Tractatus Artis Bene Moriendi, the treatise on the art of dying well, which first appeared in the year 1415. It's often been assumed this treatise was written by a Dominican, or possibly a Carthusian, who was either inspired by Gerson's writing or was commissioned by the council to create something similar for popular publication. The Art of Dying Well opens with a line from Book 3 of Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. Now, the most terrible thing of all is death. And then, it immediately corrects this erroneous Aristotelian view, explaining the death of the body is inconsequential to the death of the soul. What follows the book's introduction are six chapters. The first chapter consoles the dying Christian that death, which is inevitable, is nothing to fear. The second covers the five temptations which beset the dying and how to overcome them. These five temptations are loss of faith, despair, impatience, spiritual pride, and attachment to family and worldly goods. The third chapter includes seven questions to ask the dying and to remind him of Christ's love. The fourth is an admonition to imitate Christ. The fifth instructs proper deathbed behavior for family and friends. And the sixth chapter includes appropriate prayers for the dying man to pray. The Tractatus Artis Bene Moriendi became very popular, and by 1450, a shorter version was released, the Ars Moriendi. Not only was the title shorter, but so was the content. This short version was essentially an abridgment of the second chapter of the original work. It contained 11 woodcut images, the first 10 of which were in five pairs, one for each of the five temptations. One image in the pair would illustrate the temptation, while the other image would show the remedy against that temptation. The eleventh and final woodcut showed the dying man being accepted into heaven after having successfully made it through each of the five temptations. This work became very popular and was translated from the original Latin into most Western European languages, and by the end of the 15th century, some have counted upwards of 100 different printed editions of the text, in addition to many manuscript copies. It's understandable that this book would be popular. Not only did many people die, but it provided solid priestly counsel when a priest was not readily available, given the disproportionate number of priests who had recently died during the Black Death. The book was read well into the 1700s and became the inspiration for other similar works. Two such examples are the Art of Dying Well, written by the Jesuit Cardinal and Doctor of the Church, St. Robert Bellarmine, in 1620, and Preparation for Death, an 18th century work by the Redemptorist, Bishop, and Doctor of the Church, St. Alphonsus Maria de Liguori. The Ars Moriendi books may have also been the inspiration for a 15th century morality play titled Every Man, in which death informs every man he is about to die. And so, every man sets out to seek companions and, ultimately, dies well. 
In our modern world, death is often met with the words from a 20th century poem, Do not go gentle into that good night. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. The increasing influence of modernism, secularism, and humanism in our society has produced an increasing number of people who give little to no thought to an afterlife. And for many, the idea of a good death is often divorced from the notion of dying in a state of grace. And instead, a good death is usually coupled with things like euthanasia, dying on one's own terms or free of physical pain, and fighting to the end, raging against the light by embracing extensive medical interventions with doctors who have been trained to view death and decline as an enemy to be vanquished at all costs. A couple years ago, the National Catholic Bioethics Center released their own modern adaptation of The Art of Dying, which highlighted many of the principles found in the original early 14th century work, such as how the devil tries to tempt and claim us through fear and despair, how our guardian angel comforts us, and how we must completely trust in God at this crucial moment which will cement our trajectory either towards or away from God. These temptations from the devil are our final spiritual battle, which we must prepare ourselves to overcome, both by how we live and by preparing to die well, as recorded in the 10th chapter of the Gospel of Matthew, and frequently in the writings of St. Paul, he that shall persevere unto the end shall be saved, which makes this perseverance in the end of utmost importance. Victory in this final battle is often titled Final Perseverance. As taught by St. Augustine, the Council of Orange, and the Council of Trent, it is a special grace from God and is not something one can have absolute certainty of, as taught in the Protestant heir of assured salvation. St. John Henry Cardinal Newman explained final perseverance as when an all-merciful God removes temptations which he sees will be fatal to us. This is why we pray in the Our Father, lead us not into temptation, so that God does not allow the devil to tempt us beyond our strength, especially at the hour of our death. And this is why we pray in the Hail Mary, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Doing the quick back-of-the-napkin math, if one were to pray a daily rosary over the course of 10 years, they would have sent 193,578 requests to the Blessed Virgin Mary to pray for us at this most important hour of our death that we may persevere at the end. The art of dying well can probably be summed up as fear the death of the soul far more than the death of the body. The death of the soul and the death of the body are far more important than the death of this podcast. But still, I'd be remiss if I did not ask you to take a moment to subscribe to it, leave a rating or review, and to share it with others. Or you could also pray 193,578 Hail Marys for Kevin and myself. We'll gladly accept either. I thought I would end this episode with the last part of the last blessing of the Sacrament of Extreme Unction, offered to those who are seeking to die well. Per Sacra Sancta Humanae Reparationes Mysteria Remitat, Tibi Omnipotens Deus Omnes, Presentis et Futare Vita Penas, Paradisi portas aperiat, et ad gaudia sempiterna perducat. Amen. Benedicat te omnipotens, Deus pater et filius et spiritus sanctus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Catholic History Trek. You can reach us at catholichistorytrek 
at gmail.com. <laughs>